0: So hello, Bridget. Welcome to our show. That's kind of funny because you're my co-host for this show, but today you are the guest. I am interviewing you, so our listeners can learn, you know, all about you. What what brought you here? What why you helped me start this podcast, and and why you went from where you were to where you are, and just kind of get to know a little bit more about one of the hosts of the show. And in our next episode. We're going to turn the tables and Bridget will be interviewing me so the viewers can find out more about yours truly so welcome are, thank you, tom. how are things going today
1: thank you tom i i sometimes have a double personality so it's okay to have these two roles in this show here <laughs> I, i'm fine how are you <laughs>
0: uh i'm doing pretty good pretty good uh if anyone finds me a little hard to understand i had three fillings done about an hour before we are recording this podcast so yes even dentists need dental work sometimes
1: yeah that's what you forget don't you but that's good because i'm also still a bit sick i don't know if anyone hears it but i had a bit i couldn't really breathe through my nose for a couple of days yeah so it's a bit still like talking like this
0: Well, I can only hope that both of us get better with 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 time as as uh you know time goes on and also we get more comfortable doing you know hosting the podcast, but uh in in the spirit of today's topic which is you. <laughs> um what what's um tell tell us tell the listeners a little bit about where you came from and how you got to where you are today. And then I'll then we'll, we'll dive in with a little bit of deeper deeper digs in the different things you bring up.
1: Uh, yeah, I know you. I know you. You will dig deeper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's my job. We'll <laughs> be doing the same <laughs> next week. So I gotta I can't be too too deep, I guess. Eh? Yeah. It's uh, yeah. payback can be uh Yeah,
1: challenging. that's true. Yeah, that's true. So do you mean geographic-wise where I am today and how I got here, or professional-wise, or Maybe even personality wise.
0: Well, why don't we start out with a professional?
1: Good. Profession wise. Yes, that's fine. So, well, my professional life is quite interesting, I think, because I, I did a couple of jobs in my life already, um, and pursued different directions. So I started off after school with studying music. Um, So playing the flute and the piano, a couple of other instruments as well when I was a child. I actually started with the violin. Can you imagine a a five-year-old squeezing the violin? It must have been horrible for my parents, but well, they survived. (laughs) Um, So I started uh, with with a musical career, um, <laughs> and I yeah, noticed after a while, okay, suddenly I have to practice, I, ha- I have to do this now every day for hours, and somehow I didn't find it that nice anymore, mm-hmm. and then I thought, okay, that's really a shame, if I lose my passion for the music, because I have to sit somewhere in a little room with a very small window practicing the piano, the flute, all these theoretical stuff as well, you know, you have to to um, analyze music and and I don't know, have all these theories and that didn't interest me so much. I wanted to play. Mm -hmm. That was my thing. Um, Yeah. So after a while, after two years, I said, OK, I better stop studying it and continue playing music.
0: and and how old were you when you made that choice
1: um i was 21.
0: 21 okay so you were at the university level taking music. yes
1: yes and i mean we played concerts and that, that was nice because i could continue that path um but i could just leave you know all this theoretical stuff and and the pain the pain side of it i could leave that was good that was good yeah so i never regret that step that i Stopped studying um, because I, I never lost the music. And what school? What,
0: what school was that at? Sorry. What school did you study music at?
1: Uh, that was in Hanover. Hanover oh. is in the north of Germany, where you speak the purest and and they say the best High German. I don't know if I mean I can't demonstrate it now, but. <laughs> yeah that was it, it was a very nice time because um I had a super lovely professor, and she gave me she gave me lessons already while I was in school. so um, yeah, she took on some some young teenagers as well, and she was an impressive personality. Um, yeah so i I could study in the north of Germany, um, not too far away from my home, but far enough that I didn't have to go home all the time. So I got not mix of that. Yeah.
0: How did your parents <laughs> feel about your decision to quit music?
1: Hmm. That's an interesting question. Um, that's a while ago. I think my mom was a bit more sad than my, than my dad, but they understood it. I mean, when I explained to them why I made the decision, they said, yeah, that's absolutely, absolutely clear. Of course, I think as parents, you, you think it's somehow cool when your kid is on stage, you know, and is successful. And yeah, they loved the music at home. We always played music, um, especially now. I mean, we, we are in the Christmas time. So what we already did when we were still young kids, I have two sisters. Um, so my, my father, he recorded a cassette. You remember these tiny little things? Yeah. 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 (laughs) So he, um, he recorded a Christmas cassette for all of the relatives and friends. And, um, that was our Christmas present to them. So they could listen to us kids, how we improved on our instruments during the year, which was very funny. Yeah. Very funny. So there was always music in our household, which is really, really nice. Um, But, yeah, I think my parents understood that I didn't pursue it as a career.
0: And then what was the next step? Bridget, the musician to Bridget, the
1: The, um, the lawyer. So, yeah, that was a total turn. (laughs) That was a total turn. Uh, I can laugh now because I left that space as well (laughs) but um the thinking behind it was and i I was probably totally naive so what i liked was organizing these concert engagements Mm -hmm. for our little group and um, i thought oh i do some concert and music management instead instead of playing my instruments and and being on stage i just organize everything and structure things and i i don't really know why i had the idea that law is a good entry point for that maybe i thought also about copyrights and um yeah uh, stuff like that but um yeah i i decided to to start with law and I really did that. It was not at all creative. I was really suffering, but I thought, oh, I can't change again. It's I somehow changed once, so I have to, to stick to my decision at one point. Yeah, um, and that's what I did for 20 years.
0: You did law for 20 years.
1: Yes, yes. Crazy, isn't it? Now that I'm talking about it.
0: Yeah, it must, it must yeah. feel funny to say that out loud eh? so I did law for 20 years.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, what? then I can't say it was a bad time. Sorry. Like I cut your question. Oh, no problem. But, but, um, well, I mean, it was an interesting career. I ended up not really in the copyright and intellectual property law, but more in the technical space. So it and technology. Um, because all these copyright, copyright things and questions, of course, shifted during the digitization age um, to more technical questions and data protection and all of that. And yeah, I mean, it was interesting, but it was also not really creative.
0: Mm-hmm. What 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 would you say you took away from your law career moving forward? What what were your takeaways? What what made you a better person having studied law?
1: (laughs) Wow, I'm not sure about that, but what I took away-
0: (laughs) I didn't expect that from a former lawyer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So for sure, what I took away and what helps me today enormously in my work as a coach is to structure things, to bring order into complex settings Mm -hmm. and setups, um to explain things to non-lawyers in a very clear way so you have to break things down to the basics and to the essentials and explain it in a way that the other person understands it in the best case um so this structured thinking this ability to see-through complex setups and translate it into a very clear and crisp short version of it that helps me very very much today
0: i i've had my fair share of um, partnership contracts and um, even like uh, buying and selling of, of real estate and (laughs) yeah um being able to take that document and tell your 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 client yeah it means this is it must be like a an art art form and then having to take what your client wants and put it back into contract wording Mm -hmm. is its own art form as as i see it and i've i i i don't I'm a fairly detailed person like in in my line of work I have to pay attention to detail uh, with with what i do as as a dentist and also obviously as as a coach but um it's it's nice to hear that you you took the best out of law to to bring forward into your coaching but i'm really curious about making that decision making that transition from i i'm I'm a lawyer, which, you know, has this, you know, a pretty prominent identity, you know, when you say to someone, I'm a I'm an IT and IP, intellectual property lawyer, they have a pretty good idea of what you do to turn around and say, I'm a coach. <laughs> how, <laughs> how do you, you know, how, how, let, let, actually, let's double back to just why you said law wasn't creative. Why did that necessitate a change? for, uh, for Bridget to uh, have to give up law, like, like what, what was going on? What was, what was the internal mechanics of your uh, thoughts and emotions at that time? I, I'm building up to you, unleashing your um, inner badass, of course. So that's Yeah, it was, it was, it was
1: <laughs> absolutely. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's a really deep question um, and it was quite a process. For me to even to even realize where I am, because as you say, as a lawyer, you have a reputation, you have a well-paid job, you are in your comfort zone. Um, I worked in private practice for a couple of years, and then I I worked for a big IT provider, and I knew what I did. You know, it it was I felt safe. Everything was was fine. I was even working abroad, which was a great chance. And, um, yeah, you notice when people ask you, so what are you doing for living? And you say, well, I'm a lawyer, you know, they somehow sit a bit straighter. Yes. (laughs) Um, so they immediately have a picture of a lawyer and I realized more and more in that moment, I didn't want to, I didn't see myself in that picture. You know, I didn't feel like a lawyer. Yeah. I felt like a fun person and a totally normal, totally normal human being, except the fact that I realized I was totally in my left half of the brain. I, if you want to put it like this, I completely rationalized my life, mm-hmm. and. I realized that when my company wanted to send me off to another country and restructure again and, and make my role redundant and yeah, shuffled around, I thought, wait a second. I mean, I'm, I'm not a personnel number. I'm a human being. Mm-hmm. So um, how do they treat me? Is that really the environment I want? Is that really where I thrive? Where I, yeah, where where I where I'm excited to go to work still in the mornings. And I realized no, that's not the case. So that was the point where I started thinking, but what do I want? I have this safe life as a lawyer, and yeah, everything is good. I can afford a nice apartment and I have friends. And from the outside, you know, everything was fine, but it was yes. a bit yeah. Outside plenty, inside empty. Yeah. That was the thing.
0: What what was the catalyst that made the inside more important than the outside for you?
1: I was just sad. I had lost my excitement. And for me, I was always a very joyful person.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And suddenly I realized, where is that gone? I'm just I'm just working where's my life this is that everything which life has to offer that can't be the case so what, that's where yeah I started to reconnect to feelings and I realized I'm very sad and I didn't what? want to be a sad person
0: was, was there a life event or a, a big birthday or anything that like made you more reflect internally or was it just a natural evolution
1: um
0: or a bit of both?
1: I think as a bit of all. No, not not the life event, but, um, well, a life event in so far as, well, two things. So one thing, my company wanted to send me off to another country. So me being born and, and, and raised and have worked in Germany, um, I had lived in Sweden at that time. And my company wanted to send me off to Eastern Europe, to a different country. Um, I didn't want to stay in Sweden, but I also didn't want to move on to Eastern Europe. So that was suddenly a point where I thought, where do I want to live? What what is important to me in terms of my surroundings? And then we are uh, at this uh, point of geographical change. Um, And a second point was for sure that I had lost my partner. Um, so he has passed away of cancer and um, that was, of course, a very deep cut in my life where I started thinking, but mm-hmm. oh, what is what is important here? What are we here for? Is that really to negotiate contracts until the end of my life or is there something bigger for me? And, and, yeah, the, the answer was clear, right?
0: Yeah that's the the turning point that's when when you get that question where is this what i want to do for the rest of my life is this going to give it meaning that's that's the question that's hard to answer
1: yeah yeah it's hard to answer and still i didn't really know what it was but i knew i wanted to leave something behind you know when you leave when, when you lose a very very close person and you see we cannot take anything with us but we can leave a lot behind so so what is it i want to leave behind and what can i leave
0: behind do you know that answer
1: well not straight away, away but it was the starting point of my process um yeah to to really dig deeper into that and It was very shocking to me, to be honest, that I couldn't really answer the question. What what do I really want in life? So I I had never really thought about it during my legal career. It was just, you know, I just went step after step after step. Mm -hmm. Someone else uh, giving me the next promotion and the next salary raise and and all these things, the offer to go to, to work in Sweden and in the Nordic countries to work abroad. And I just followed that path without really questioning it. And then it was quite shocking to me that I did it, that I was so passive in a way. Yeah. So it was a, it was a wake up call. Definitely.
0: So what was the, uh, working answer to, uh, what do you want to do next? What, what did you end up? Doing? Well, the
1: working <laughs> the working answer um, was the second question. Uh, was the second answer? Um, I I really started with the geographical thing because I was not happy in Sweden. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, no offense to any Swedes listening. It's a great country.
1: Well, I didn't <laughs> say I didn't like the Swedes. I said I didn't feel happy in Sweden. That yeah, it's a different thing. I know. I know. Or let's say I didn't feel happy in Stockholm, um, which yeah some of the Swedes. I, I know
0: I know Swedish people who are also not happy in Stockholm, but they've yeah. they located outside of it and are doing yeah. better. But uh, anyways, so, go ahead. Sorry.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's fine. Um, and for me, it was clear I missed the mountains, so I'm a passionate mountaineer. Um, even though I grew up in, in the very flat part of Germany, (laughs) but for some reason, as a child, I fell in love with the mountains and I knew, okay, that's definitely missing. So I want to be closer to mountains and I want to be closer to the heart of Europe, to the middle of Europe again, because something which really annoyed me also in Stockholm was, you know, no one ever just passed by on the way to whatever, unless that person would have been on the way to the North Pole or I don't know. But it was not this um, thing you you have here now in Switzerland or in the south of, of Germany where people travel to Italy or France or Austria or somewhere. And then, yeah, oh, I just say hi. You are on my way, so to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that that was something I was missing. At the same time, my parents, you know, are growing older. I wanted to be closer to them as well, to have the possibility and and yeah, check from time to time how they are, just be closer in case anything happens. Um, so yeah, that that was my first step, and um, from that point. I slowly started to change my professional tasks and what I always enjoyed during my legal career and my leadership positions and my team lead positions, I love to work with people and to coach and mentor them as mm-hmm. a manager employee relationship um, thing. And um, yeah, I did a coaching certification. I wouldn't say just for fun, but just for me in the beginning. Mm -hmm. not really knowing what to do with it. But I always love personal development. So that's what I started. And I detected that this is really cool, because you can have really big impact on people's lives. Yes. Yeah. And when I yeah, when I realized that I thought, okay, this is this somehow feels like my career now because I, I love people and I love their stories. I like their uniqueness and their potential. And I I love to help them see that as well.
0: How did you feel when you realized that feeling that this feels, this feels like my career, I think were your words. Yeah. How, how, how did you like, was that like, uh, finally I, I feel <laughs> at home or, or w- w- what was the uh, um, how how was that re- revelation for you
1: no it was it was rather how can I describe this I think it was rather a, like a silent satisfactory feeling can mm-hmm. you say it like this so it was oh yeah that's that feels beautiful and um it, it just feels right deep inside.
0: I, I don't know about you, but I don't know too many people that would describe their current career feeling beautiful. I want mm. you to internalize that, that you just, that, that's that's a big deal. Yeah,
2: true.
0: Uh, I don't want to go into do a coaching session on you, but that that's a big <laughs> deal. That, that's a win worth celebrating.
2: <laughs>
0: you know? Yeah, that's
1: true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, it's when, when I realized that this is the direction I have to go to, um, I found my energy again. I was, yeah, I felt joyful and excited again. And I thought, yeah, I have to pursue this. Okay. How do I do this? How the hell, where do I start now? Yeah.
0: That uh, just looking at your facial expression as you you explain that, like, like, like you're, you're, you're lit up, just, just describing that. Um, like we're, our our podcast title is Finding Your Inner Badass. And Mm -hmm. you, you're, we're doing like a history, a deep dive history lesson on, on you, the one of the hosts. Um, but obviously we want to help our, our, our listeners find. Their inner badass, right? Like their calling. What's going to make them happy? What's going to make them feel beautiful I- inside?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you did that, but how? How did that? Like, I mean, you had people in your life that obviously care about you. Um, how did that go over when you're like, "Yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to quit law and, and corporate work to." become a life coach and, and help people. Um, I, I think your LinkedIn description is, uh, chief, chief enjoyment officer. Is that it? Yeah,
1: almost. It's change and excitement.
0: Oh, change and excitement. There we go. Sorry. I I, I was so close and so far (laughs) away at the same time. Uh, how, how did, how was that received and, and how did you handle the, the, any compliments or criticisms you got from the people in your life that, you know, your inner circle shall we say
1: Mm, yeah that's um i mean they knew that i didn't that i didn't love law. (laughs) that i was never a passionate lawyer um and when i i mean that decision was made so uh, what, what i i simply said okay so i will not acquire new clients of course i've finished my legal projects i've started but you know what i simply can't stand this law anymore (laughs) it's i can't and and there was also there was a situation i i um, delivered a workshop about new data privacy requirements and digitization in switzerland and i had to help um i had to hold this workshop four times so four times three hours i think or even four, yeah. And then, you know, there is this situation where you do it the third time or the fourth time, and you know what you're talking about. It was still this hybrid time during COVID, three people in the room and maybe 30 in front of the screen, which you didn't see. Mm -hmm. Um, So you were just talking into a camera, and then at one point I was just standing next to myself, listening to myself. I, I can't do this any longer. This is just too boring for me. And that was the moment where I said, okay, no new new clients, no nothing, no new projects. Um, I will just quit. And my environment said, yeah, we, we get that. So what are you going to do instead? And I said, you know what? I pulled the plug. It's almost winter time. I will go up to the mountains and work as a ski instructor during winter. And then I will just see what happens next. Wow. Yeah. So that's what I did. I had a little in between step. Mm-hmm. So it was not this, okay, I just turned the page from, from law to coaching. There was this little in between step, of uh, working as a ski instructor, just doing what I love. And, um, yeah, the perception was finally, you are much happier it's good you have you you have somehow changed my father said to me a couple of months back and that was honestly to me
2: that's very eh?
1: yeah I mean this 82 year old guy who is well as sensitive and sensible as an 82 year old guy can be and um Yeah, he noticed some, some changes with me and my happiness. And I was impressed by that. So I thought, okay, there must be something. So they, they perceived it in a very positive way.
0: Excellent. Yeah.
1: Plus some friends say, I would never dare to do this step. I said, why not? But this is so courageous. Just leave your comfort zone and your legal career, and everything was so safe. And I said, okay, but what do you think is more courageous? To stay in the life you don't like or to change it to the better? So, just some food for thought.
0: Mm-hmm. So, you. I'm trying to imagine going from repeating the same seminar four times to going to the slopes in Switzerland, uh, um, teaching people how to downhill ski. Can you can you uh, walk us through that first day? Can you, can you remember that first day of of making that switch?
1: Was, um, there any you mean... panic?
0: was there any, oh my God, I can't believe I did this type thing or, or.
1: Oh, no, I was just super excited,
0: just super excited, awesome.
1: super excited. Oh. And, and I mean, there are so many stories to tell you, but, um, having made the decision to go into the ski school and work as a ski instructor was also a bit coming back to my own childhood days mm-hmm. because I learned skiing at this place uh let me let me think i think it was 1979 we we have spent our winter the first winter weeks um in that little place and then we went there year after year after year and we kids oh. learned skiing and um yeah at some point i i was a ski instructor myself so i came back into this little village where I know people since more than forty years, and um, yeah, w- when I came to that place again now, I, it was like like coming home. Being amongst friends, being amongst almost a family,
2: mm-hmm. knowing
1: everyone. Okay, we all have gray hair now, but we are still <laughs> the same somehow. You know, yeah. it was just full of excitement, and it's a little a little village. So, I mean, this creek just ends there. It's the end of a valley. It's just surrounded uh, and and sheltered somehow um, by four thousand meter high mountains. And um, yeah, it's it's an incredibly powerful place. And of course, I mean, being on skis, having this imagination, wow, I'm doing this for the next four months now. How cool is that? I, I was I was just. Uh, yeah, super excited.
0: And then switching from that to what you do today, what's what's the story behind that?
1: Well, that was not such a big switch, to be honest, because what I did in ski school was coaching people
0: mm-hmm.
1: with the difference that, yeah, they had two skis under their feet. But, you know, also, yeah, especially especially the adults, I have to say, they come with their fears, with their doubts, with their um, yeah, with their safety thoughts. You know, Ooh, what could happen if I break a leg now? What if I do the wrong turn? What if I fall? What if, what if, what if? And um, on the other hand side, you have kids who just imitate fearless. you. Sometimes fearless, sometimes yeah. not, sometimes totally over the moon. I believe I can fly Um, you also have to coach them a bit Um, so you have all kinds of personalities and all kinds of people and you have new people every week and new group dynamics and um, yeah it's it's a coaching playground to be honest Um, and to me it was just a confirmation that I'm on the absolutely right path. To, to work in that field. And yeah, when the season was over, unfortunately at some point, the winter season is over. <laughs> um, I thought, okay, I, I have to bring that joy and excitement now to people in this corporate field where I worked before and where you have so many unhappy people, unhappy lawyers, unhappy other corporate professionals. So why are they still sitting there? Life out I'm there is- so much more exciting yeah
0: exactly misery can become quite comfortable doesn't mean you like it but it's what you're used to and if you like the the paycheck that comes along with it it's harder to or if you have you know you you might have a family with five or six mouth mouths to feed Uh, you know, there's a lot more risk involved. I'm not trying to defend people's decisions. I'm just saying, you know, various thought processes that, that thought processes that can be out there. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious, um, the, like, obviously you're, you're enjoying the, 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 this, the coaching on, on the mountain, on the mountaintop, I guess how did you go from that to actually doing non-ski coaching <laughs> in other <laughs> words you know when you made the switch to actually helping people you know break their comfort zones begin to embrace their inner badass uh that sort of thing mm-hmm. yeah how, how also, did that also
1: find find their creativity right i was talking about creativity before right. and coming back to your okay what reasons do people have to to stay in a role they don't really like or in job very often they don't have an idea what to do else i mean what else they should do right i can't do anything else i'm just a lawyer and then you say okay let's reactivate your creativity so i had to do that as well i came back and i thought <laughs> exactly this hmm? what do I do now? How do I do this? How do I, how do I create clients connect with people? Um, How do I make it happen that, that I'm visible? Um, Yeah. And I mean, that was a whole new world to me and I got help. I mean, I I was searching for people who had done that before, Mm -hmm. who had built up a successful coaching business. And, um, yeah, I started a three months entrepreneurial, uh, program where I learned all these things. And I also learned, I have to come out of my comfort zone, being on LinkedIn suddenly and being visible, posting things, doing a podcast. Can you imagine that's totally out of my comfort zone? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, it was also so much fun. Um. To just try things out and and fail big, fail small, but um, moving forward. And over time, you see what what works and what doesn't. And I think it's it's a journey over years. So I'm not at all there where I want to be. But um, yeah, I'm uh, very confident that I will get there.
0: I oh uh, well, I'm. I have no, no doubt of that. (laughs) Uh, You, the elusive part of getting there is like, once you're close to it, you already start changing the destination, right? Like you start Mm -hmm. to see, Oh, well that looks interesting. And Oh, I could try that. That's a little more challenging and a little more rewarding or, uh, Mm -hmm. and I I found that um, to be the case. Uh, in in my own own journey, which we'll be talking about, I'm guessing in our next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, what's like? I mean, I mean, yes, we have we we have to charge for our services as coaches. I, I know that, but what is what is your reward for coaching? What what do you get out of helping your clients? The
1: spark in their eyes. It's really what, the the moment. These insight moments are super rewarding, you know. When when you coach them and suddenly they get it, and are you crazy? This is what my mind is telling me all the time. This is my behavioral pattern, or whatever whatever it may be. This is this is so great for me to see and. Um, Another thing was, just to give you an example, yesterday I received a long text message from a client. And she came also with, um, how can I adjust my career path more to my values? I I don't really know where my direction is. Can you help me finding it? So we started with this professional career. And now after um, just a few sessions, she, she wrote me yesterday, she said, but this conversation we had in the last session about why am I so influenced by other people's opinions why am I not more in peace with myself so I I need to explore that further can we somehow change the direction of your coaching and I said well you are the you, you determine the direction and that's so nice to see you know people come with a topic and end up with a totally not a totally different topic, but a topic which sits deeper.
0: Yes, that next layer.
1: Yes. And they peel their personality off like an onion. Um, That's, that's so nice for me. Because then I know I can make an impact. And then the change they make, the decisions they make are also more sustainable.
0: Nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: that that sounds that that's so rewarding just to to have them even just say hey uh this is working but let's let's fine tune this part like when they start to take control you know you're getting through right exactly so yeah that's that's mm-hmm. powerful that is that is so so huge yeah so bridget
2: yes tell
0: me oh pardon Tom tell me <laughs> I, I originally reached out to you to interview you for my podcast which is mm-hmm. going to be something slightly well different but you know along the same vein it was you know the, the your health totally uh vein and to talk about uh how you help clients reconnect with the right hemisphere of their brain and all that and in our little like pre-interview discussion I I just I just felt this connection with you I felt that felt this chemistry then I'm like do you want to do the podcast with me and like you're just like yeah it sounds fun (laughs) uh now that we're doing our does it still feel fun and like uh why why did you want to do it I'm I'm curious and I'm sure our our listeners might be a little curious about why you decided to get involved with this podcast and uh, you know yeah
1: yeah happy to share that so um why i like podcasts is um I, I came in touch with this format or this form of doing a little show um what was it maybe in springtime early summer when i was in this you know in in figuring out how can i now launch my business and and uh, be out there in the world and spread my message I did a little uh, speaker course over a weekend mm-hmm. and part of that speaker course was not only to be on stage and do public speaking and silence speaker battles and I don't know what we did um, but we also did a podcast and that was the first time I was as a guest on the podcast and I really enjoyed it so I thought this is this is really my thing I'm not so much uh, I don't know this um, Yeah, planned, planned interview stuff um, person. So so when you told me that you have this podcast and you could imagine that we do it um, together, I was, yeah, immediately. Cool.
0: Yeah. Um, Like you answered so fast. I'm like, I'm like, well, she might need to think about it and get back (laughs) to it no, let's do it. Like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) you saw, oh my God, what did I ask? (laughs) No but I mean we we had this connection I felt it that uh, the same way. So um I thought yeah it could also be nice you know for the audience when they don't hear only one voice and the same voice each week or um yeah however we do it um it, it adds <laughs> it
0: adds more viewpoint and uh, yes. also like more variety than just exactly. one Yeah. one person. Yeah. Um and we are truly
1: international. I mean, yes,
0: yes, we have, uh, we, we cover, uh, Europe versus North America and also male versus female yeah, and, uh, could even say legal versus non-legal.
1: <laughs> oh, that's a big box,
0: but, but definitely, uh, we both come from professional backgrounds and, uh, we both like music. So there's some, you know, similarities there. Although I never studied at the, at the level you, you did. That
1: doesn't but, matter. Uh,
0: um, so what I want to ask you kind of like a f- final wrap up question is, you know, are we, we were picking and choosing titles and themes and what do we want to, like, ultimately we want to help people embrace who they really are and, and live lives that are meaningful and make the world a better place. That's, yeah. that's where I was coming at with, with the podcast. What what's your advice to someone listening? Who who's heard your your story and they're they're getting like little light bulbs going off? Like they might have heard, yeah, I don't feel creative, I don't feel fulfilled. I I don't know what what's your advice to them if if some of what you're saying, some of your stories resonating with them? What 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 would you want to tell that person? Or what would you want to tell your five five year younger self if, if that's easier?
1: I mean, if if I can do it, you can do it. Um,
0: but why should they if, do it?
1: Why should they do it? Because I today feel so much more connected to me again. So what I realized is really I, I lost this whole emotional side of myself. And I'm back to joy. I'm back to excitement. And I think when we all have more joy in life and enjoy what we are doing um, we we are better people there's less stress there is less anxiety and yeah so much more energy and feeling alive it's it's really alive yes um and that's what i would would love to see with so many people who are tired who are sick who are afraid of doing things I think this world will be a better place and you all out there, you will feel so much better when you reconnect with yourself.
0: I have one f- person in my life. I'm not going to make any descriptors beyond that in case they, they happen to watch. But uh, I, I you know, do care about them immensely, but their attitude seems to be it's too late now. And they're they're uh, if I say the age, they'll give it away too. But um, definitely pre you know pre retirement age, but not much pre pre retirement age sort of thing. And I feel it's too late now. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And I just cringe when I hear them say that.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, and and I've tried to drop little hints, gifted them certain books, and sent links to certain podcasts, and. You know, yeah. trying to spark them to, to do something that that would bring some fulfillment and meaning to. If anything, I'd be like, "Time's running out. I better, I better get my my act together and start doing something meaningful." But yeah. I, I could, I couldn't adopt the attitude. It's too late now. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's so sad, isn't it? I it's, mean, it's too late when you're in the ICU on a ventilator, you know, and and
1: yeah. You know, I mean, how can it be too late to make your life a, a better one? to bring to bring more joy even though i mean even if you would just live for another two days you have two happier days that's worth it it's so it's really it's never too late it's never too late
0: i'm with you there (laughs) (laughs) all right Well, listeners, uh, that about wraps up our episode today, but I invite you to tune in to our next episode when the tables are literally turned. Bridget will be interviewing me, asking some of the same questions and probably a whole bunch of different other ones as we look at uh, how I went from where I was to where I am now. I'm not even going to say not even teasers as to where I was and where I am now. You're just going to have to tune in next next time and listen. And I hope you find it enjoyable. This has been Finding Your Inner Badass with Tom and Bridget. Our website will be up and running in the near future. We'll have a link to it in the show notes when it's up and running. And uh, by all means, you're welcome to reach out uh, on our Facebook page when that's up and running as well. Uh, It probably will be facebook.com slash Tom and Bridget would be my guess as to what it'll be. But uh, the official link will be in, in the show notes below your screen when that's up and running. But uh, also, uh, if you have a story that you want to share, or if you have uh, uh, your own podcast or a book or a life lesson you want to share, we'd love to hear from you and have you on the show. So by all means, be sure to reach out. All right. Until next week. Next time, this has been Tom and Bridget for Finding Your Inner Badass. Take care. Bye, everyone.